This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to hvctrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. They say that great leaders make lousy managers most of the time, and most managers make lousy leaders most of the time. My guest today, Kevin Armstrong, tells you why this is usually true. He wrote the book, Miracle Manager, one of the best books on management, not leadership, that I've ever read. Implementing his ideas and strategies can help you be a better manager and leader. Kevin, welcome to Contractor Sense. Morning, Ruth. Thank you. My pleasure to have you on. And, you know, we, we were talking before we started the podcast that one of, my, one of my clients actually got your book even before I sent it to him. And um, it was a nice surprise for you. Yeah, it was a huge surprise. He, uh, you know, I was just uh, walking around. I looked at my phone and, and he had a picture of my book and said, Ruth King recommended this. And uh, he raves about you, by the way. Oh, cool. Just, nice yeah. to know that. I appreciate that. All right. So let's get into it. You, you, background and and it's in the book but i want everybody who is listening to this podcast to find out a little bit about kevin so why don't you tell us a little bit about you um i was a high school teacher taught music and then i went into uh i went into sales and i did really well at sales i i became the the, the top in the country and so the head office in toronto uh um hired me as a vp of of sale of sales and marketing to manage the sales force throughout Bermuda and Canada. So they, they made that tragic mistake of taking a top salesperson and making him a manager, which I am not. And, uh, and, and, uh, luckily I had a good president and he took me under his wing, but after about five years, we, I had had enough. Uh, then I went on to, I, I bought a franchise in, in the, uh, with an advisory board, taking small business owners and putting them on an advisory boards. I still own that company. And then about 10 years ago, I got involved with EOS Worldwide mm -hmm. uh, and uh, started working individually with management teams, which uh, you just see it all, you know, over and over again, right? Where people take the top people and-, and Screw and, up. And, screw, <laughs> up making them, and yeah, screw up by making the managers. Yeah, it's, it's generally, I mean, what I've seen and what's in the book a, a lot of times is that your best people who are producing in the field make the worst managers. And I think that's because the traits of the two are very, very different. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because usually your leader starts the business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, John Deeney, who's a friend of mine, he wrote a book called Hunting in a Farmer's World. So he calls them hunters and farmers. Gino Wickman with EOS uh, calls the, the visionary and the integrator. You know, there's all these different names, uh, but basically you're, you're, you're sort of visionary person, like a, a person owns an HVAC company, uh, leaves the HVAC company and starts another HVAC company or a plumber starts the plumbing business. The uh, electrician starts an electrician business. And then what happens is they get to a certain size and they, they, they haven't really thought about managing or management. They don't understand it that well. They don't know how to build a management infrastructure and then they hit a ceiling. Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of them either just plateau or they get really frustrated and they sell their business or, or, they, or they fail. Uh, and and they, they just decide they're going to go back and work for somebody else and they just don't want to do it anymore because they haven't built the skills to run a business rather than just 
be a plumber or be an HVAC technician. Right. Um, something along those lines. You quoted, or you, you, you created a word called manacoach, which right. I really, really like. So explain what manacoach is. Well, when you, when I first sit down with the management team, I say, okay, let's, let's talk about what are the characteristics of a leader. And I write them down the left-hand side of, of the whiteboard. And a lot of what they give me have to do with impacting or influencing others. And then I ask them on the right-hand side of the whiteboard, I, I write manager and say, what are the characteristics of a manager? Or define a manager for me. And we write the character. And so they get all confused because they're the same words. They're the same statements they, they use for both a leader and manager. I go, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? And, and so, I'm, you know, a leader is, is, is really just a person that looks to the future and, and does what he or she feels right is right, you know, and sticks to that, right? Um, Rosa Parks not getting out of the, get, yeah. getting out of the, the bus, right? That, that right. was leadership. And she wasn't caring who, who was following her. And then a manager is more the person who, uh, well, my, the strict definition I use is a, a person who gets things done efficiently and effectively through others. So that's where influencing and, 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 ha and getting people to motivate it and understanding what they're supposed to be doing and holding them accountable and being organized, which is why I'm not a great manager, right? You have to be, you have to be organized. And so really, the, the, it's not leader and manager that's synonyms, it's manager and coach that are synonyms. And so I just put the two words together, man and coach, because both a manager and a coach are charged with coordinating and getting the most out of others. And that's a special skill set. It's not a skill set that had you become a top salesperson or had you become a top accountant. Yeah, we take our top accountants and our top salespeople and make them managers. Which is the wrong thing to do because they need to be top at what they're doing rather than necessarily being able to coach for all intents and purposes and, and influence others. Yeah, and, and, you know, and so what I did was 10 years ago, we hired a, we hired a researcher to go out and look at and figure out. We, we, we look at sports because both business and sports are performance activities, right? They, mm -hmm. you both have a game to play. You both have teams. They both have players. They both have competitors. They both have winning and losing strategies. And they both have managers and coaches to coordinate and get the most out of players. So we hired a researcher, and we, we chose basketball, hockey, and baseball. And we followed of the top 100 players of all time. We followed them uh, in those that went on the coaching. And, and they it failed. A, <laughs> yeah. It's about a one in 20 chance, right? Uh, sorry, a one in two, uh, it, it's a 20% chance or a one in five chance of, of having that person perform as yeah. a coach. You, were, you talked about that specifically in, in Miracle Manager about that research. I found that fascinating because you would yeah. think, you know, wrongly that the top players would become the best coaches. And you yeah. tell the story of Wayne Gretzky and, and how that didn't even last. And he was like number one player for a long time. Exactly. You know, there's the best, the best hockey player of all time. And uh, he coached the Phoenix Coyotes to four losing se seasons in a row. And it's, it's uh, suggested the research, he would have been fired in his first year, but he owned part of the team, right? So have you ever worked for a family business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's, those are the types of things that are there. So when, when we get back from the break, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the things that help you be a really good manager, ne not necessarily a really good leader, because you can find the superstars. They kind of stand out, um, but you've got to manage the superstars as well as everybody else on your team. That work? That sounds great. We will be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I've seen my client salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition. 
when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. Don't let this happen to you. Here's a transcript of an email sent to Ruth King. Dear Ruth, I wish I had this book two years ago. I discovered my bookkeeper had embezzled over $200,000 from the company. I used to be debt-free. Now I have a mortgage and payments on other debt I incurred to relieve the cash flow crunch caused by the embezzlement. Don't let this sad situation be your story too. An epidemic of workplace thievery and embezzlement harms today's business world, our economy, and ultimately your income and net worth. Discover the top 50 ways employees and vendors steal from you in Ruth King's new book, The Ugly Truth About Cash. Ruth also gives you the procedures to implement to help prevent embezzlement and keep the honest people honest. Find the ugly truth about cash on Amazon or go to www.thecouragetobeprofitable.com to order an autographed copy of Ruth's book. Get the information you need to protect your hard-earned cash and assets. That's thecouragetobeprofitable.com. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm here with Kevin Armstrong and we're talking about the book, The Miracle Manager and, and his expertise in creating what he calls coaches. Before we get started, Kevin, where can we get the book? Uh, you can get the book at uh, my website, uh, kevingarmstrong.com, or you can get it on amazon.com or any of the books, the book outlets. Um, oh. pretty, pretty easy to find. It's also on Audible if you want to listen to it. I'm a big listener. I like to listen to books while I'm driving. Right. Absolutely. So it is worth the read or worth the listen because most – Quite frankly, most contractors would rather listen than read. So it's, it's, inaud- it's inaudible. So pick it up and, and listen to it as you're going between customers or going between jobs and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so what I want to, you know, we're talking about, let's talk about specifically the coaching side of things. And, and you talk about, I think there are f- three beh- huge behaviors that mana coaches that help them stay focused and avoid the rewarding bad behavior, you know. so. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you talk about is uh, if somebody's screwing up, take care of it with that person, not necessarily in a group, correct? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, one-on-one or, or what I find with companies is funny. You know, you have a bad, one, one instance or two instances of bad behavior and then they want to develop a policy, right? Let's take a sledgehammer and kill a fly <laughs> opposed to having a conversation, you know? And I think I think we're in real trouble too with with text messaging and, and email and stuff. As you know, to write this stuff, you you can. I think I basically concluded. I haven't proven it. Maybe this is my next research, but you cannot solve an issue through the written word, right? You have to sit down and have conversations. And Absolutely, that, yeah. You know, I mean, the how many people though would rather text or or send an email rather than be in front of somebody for a really difficult discussion. Well, exactly. Well, and it's hard to understand. 
I, I think because I was a man when I was managing, I had the same problem. You know, you walk to a person's office and go, I got to have this conversation. And then, you, and then you sort of turn around and go Monday, I'll do it Monday. Right. And then and then you and then you go on Monday and you go, oh, I'll do it Friday. And then and then the person does something that really ticked you off and, and you fire them. Right. And they don't even know why they're being fired. You haven't even addressed the issue. It's really me that should be fired. It's the manager that should be fired. Right. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, you, you never fire somebody when they're when you're when you are emotional because you do yeah. stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, the, 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 the whole thing is the conversation and then the letter is important. Right. The written word is important just so that, you know, sometimes people don't interpret. But to have the courage to have a conversation or as Brené Brown says, lean into the discomfort, right? And, and, and sit down with people. But, but if you, if you measure the person against your core values of the company and, and what you, you know, in terms of attitude and the soft skills and then the hard skills in terms of whether they get it, want it and have the capacity, it makes it, if, if you sit down and write the letter before you have the conversation, it's clear in your mind, to, you know, what you want to say. I think that's a, that's a great thing that I see uh, good managers do. Right. And then the, and then they deliver the letter after the conversation. And they do that a couple of times over a period of time. So that it, I, I think it's Lencioni. Actually, actually, I know it is because he, he wrote it in his book 20 years ago, The Five Temptations of a CEO, um, where 95% of, your, of, of employees will either leave or come to standard. And I'm just, you know, if, if you have these conversations with the letters, uh, because usually you sit down with an employee and go, you know, you need to be more on time. If you're not on time and, and in your mind, you're going, if you don't get here on time, I'm going to fire your ass. And in their mind, they're going, Oh gee, I guess I better pick it up a little bit. Right. And yeah. get a little better. And, they, and so when you write the letter and say, this is critical and you won't be here unless, you know, unless this improves, then they get it, you know? Right. And it's always helpful to write, write it down beforehand, then have the conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. And then deliver the letter. Right. right. After they, the conversation. Yeah. Then, then they really get that this is on record and this is serious and it's got to improve. And, right. And, and, I, one other thing you talk about is not to offer rewards or incentives to stop unproductive or bad behavior. And you use the smoking example. I loved it. So let's talk through that one a little bit. I was in a yoga class the other day, right? And, and somebody got up and left. You're not supposed to leave a yoga class from the beginning to the end. Somebody got up halfway through and went to the washroom. And so the yoga instructor, you know, has given us hell uh, and, and, and about how important it is not to leave the classroom. So we get to listen to the whole lecture, right, for, for five minutes. And then the person comes back for the bathroom and nobody said, she doesn't say a word to her, right? Um, so, so what she's doing is she's punishing the good behavior. She's punishing the people that stayed in the classroom. We get to listen to this lecture for five minutes. And the person who left who, who should have had the lecture doesn't even hear it. You know, and same thing with the smoking analogy where companies, you know, give out a bonus for a thousand dollars for people who quit smoking. Well, what about the, so basically you're rewarding uh, the bad behavior and you're punishing good behavior. And we, and we, we you got to really be careful about that when you're, you're trying to motivate people, right? As a man, coach. Right. And the key is, I think, as you just said, is think about what you're doing and whether you're rewarding the bad behavior when you should be rewarding the good behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Lasso is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but this guy's a master and all he does, well, he does a few other things, but what he does is teaches organizations to give TSP, truthful, specific, positive feedback. Not just saying, 
you're doing a good job, right? But but coming up and going, you know what you did yesterday when you when you went back and called that client and set and and got them back on track that that was really impressive. You are so talented at that, right? We don't do that enough. And when you do that to people all the time, they'll actually welcome your criticism because they they trust you, right? They they see that you recognize the good in them. And so. Let, let's let's do it that way. Let's let's say that we we have goals that the quote unquote the leader has come down from high and said, managers, we got to accomplish this. How does right. the mana coach come and how does he get the troops rallying around him and the leader? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is is do a self assessment, right? Before you, I think before you go there, if you're a leader, because there's only you know. It's like sending a duck to Eagle School. It's like sending a process person into a sales course, right? That wouldn't really, work. <laughs> no, I, I really disagree with these, these people out there that are coaches that try and get people to work on their weaknesses. You know, forget that. Like, what, are your, what, what do you love doing? What are you great at? And, and, and get them focused on that and, and get the person who's, you know, uh, completely different to focus on other things. In, in terms of those strengths. So don't take a leader and try and make them a manager. Where I think, you know, you bring value to businesses is, is, is as soon as you can get that owner of that, business, of, of that contracting firm to understand that they need to hire a manager, you know, because they don't have those traits. And, and, get, and that's what brings the value to the business. I, I, I love the statement, the more I work in my business, the less it's worth, right? You know, get, Get somebody else to manage the business. If you're not a good manager, just realize you're not. I'm not a good manager because I'm not organized. You know, I, that, that, and you have to be, you have to be organized. To it, be a good it, manager, yes, definitely. You, so. have to be, you have to be empathetic and understand people. You have to be able to look at a person, understand whether they're getting it or not, right? You have to have that patience to stand there when a child's, you know, tying their shoelace and, and realize that if you go over and grab that kid, which is what I would do, you know, go over that grab kid, put him in the car and, dry, and tie a shoelace. <laughs> you know, you're going to be tying shoes for the rest of your life. I, I call it the pain process and delegating. You take your bottom lip, put it over your teeth and bite it until the blood's coming down your chin because you know you can do it so much faster and so much better. But you have to have that kind of patience, right, where, where you, you watch people and you thrive on growing people. You know, your, your empathetic meter's off the charts and your narcissistic meter doesn't even read. I, t I, t I took a coaching course. I had a co I usually have a coach and I had a coach about eight years ago and he, and he said, Kev, you don't even like, you know, managing people. I, at this time, my advisory board company, I had like eight facilitators and a hundred members. And he goes, you don't even like managing people. Like you like to be in the front leading the charge. Like, why are you doing this? And so I just reduced everything. Right. It's just because I don't like it. And, I, and if, if you don't like it, chances are you're not good at it. Right. Right. Absolutely. So those of you who are owners out there and you've reached a point where you're getting totally frustrated because you're trying to micromanage and do it all yourself, it's time to hire a mana coach. So or hire Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin, again, the miracle manager and we're, we can get the book on Amazon. It's on audible and I guess anywhere books are sold. Yeah. You betcha. Very good. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks Ruth. And thanks, and thanks to all of you. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too.
For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.